0: whose name the cake is under, okay Eric? Did you try mine? No, of course it wouldn't be under Walton's. Jesus. I already got the decorations, the plates, the snacks, and the pizza, and Helen is making me replace these stupid batteries and all I'm asking is for you to do one thing. Can you please, for Walton's birthday, will you just do the slightest little bit of work? So some kid had his birthday party in Harding Park today. It was Spider-Man themed. It's good to know that people are still into the same shit, you know? I mean, I love those movies. At least until they put out the third one. The whole black suit thing was just dumb. At a certain point a franchise just needs to end, right? You could tell who the birthday boy was because of his Spider-Man shirt. But not much else gave him away. He hated the spotlight and his mom seems fine with commandeering it. Her name's Denise. I see her around here a lot doing the mag stuff, and yeah, not sure why a ghost hunter would choose to have a kid's party here. Either she's a serious skeptic, or there's nowhere else that could hold all the randos she invited. There were a lot of people there. Way more adults than you usually see at an 8-year-old's birthday party. You could tell it was one of those mom-says-I-have-to-invite-everyone-in-class things. Plus, the parents got dragged along. Plus, their extended family and probably their work friends, too. I overheard some of them talking about ballet school, which I guess the kid goes to. Oh, and you'll never guess his name. Walden. For real. There were girls there in frilly dresses whose moms pulled them away every time they tried to climb the jungle gym, bratty kids in tutus squealing for attention, boys bored with the superhero situation, and a girl pretending to web her way up the playset. A mixed group of adults and kids play touch football. The otherworldly residents of Harding wanted in on the fun too. There's not a lot of kid ghosts here, thank God. Just the two little settlers, the ones whose parents may or may not have eaten them after they died. Naturally, they're... Parents were not there. Sucky was absorbing the moment, smiling broadly and cheering for each of the football teams at random. Walden's mom, Denise, was guiding him around the party with her hand on his shoulder, making him say hello to everyone. He was obviously shy. I never saw him look a guest in the eye, and his hands were constantly plucking at the hem of his t shirt. His mom shot him a sharp look and Vicky tisked. She was not a big fan of forcing people into uncomfortable situations or forcing people to do anything at all. One of the adults, probably an aunt or something, threw her arms around Walden and gave him one of those boa constrictor hugs. He looked like he stepped in something, his face twisting, almost guilty. The aunt pulled away and gave him a sloppy kiss on the cheek. He ducked his head and stared at his sneakers. There was one boy that Walden actually talked to. He called him Nix, which, okay, I guess that's how white people name their kids now. Kind of freaky to think these kids weren't born until after I died. Ugh, we're not going to think about that anymore. We're just going to get back to Walden, whose hands trembled when he took the gift that Nix offered him. This time, even though he couldn't quite make eye contact, He kept flicking his gaze back towards Nix. And Nix seemed actually happy to see him, though he was mostly quiet. When Denise pulled Walden away to greet the next guest, he glanced back over his shoulder to look at Nix. And Nix was still staring at him, too. His little face all scrunched up and wistful. Vicky squealed and punched me in the shoulder, which... Essentially, it meant she thrust her arm through my chest. I laughed because it tickled and because, damn, Vicky and I are a big fan of the gaze. The more people that Walden talked to, the less happy he looked. His ears reddened, he hardly opened his lips when he spoke, and there were patches of color rising on his chest above the Spider-Man shirt collar. By the time his mom announced that it was time to blow out the candles... I could tell Walden was having trouble breathing. The kids and the parents and all the extended family crowded around a picnic table, Walden in the center. He tried to lock eyes on his cake, but his mom kept telling him to smile for the pictures, and I could tell he was struggling to keep his face straight. They sang, and there was something writhing near his eyebrows, a little twitch, an emotion crumpling his expression. Before the singers had even reached his name, he was crying, his tears dripping down onto the picnic table. A few people quieted, but most of the kids couldn't even see the birthday boy was so crowded. The two pioneer kids were walking intangibly through the cake, pretending they could taste it. Walden stood up, and his mom stepped back from behind him, her face half irritated, half concerned. Weirdly, I felt a little bit bad for her. She seemed like she had a lot going on. Walden rushed past her and into the woods. Naturally, Vicky followed. I told her I'd catch up, curious about what would happen in his absence. What can I say? We love drama. Denise insisted on that everyone just enjoy the party and send her husband out to look for their son. Her face was tight, her brow furrowed. She turned to the kid nearest her, Nix. She smiled, forced, and asked if he wanted cake. He nodded, but his face was white. He took his slice of cake, a scoop of vanilla ice cream, without a smile. As he stepped away, the other kids pressed closer, calling out which pieces they wanted. And Nix thought for a second. Then he walked out into the woods. I wanted to cheer. None of the adults even noticed. I closed my eyes and thought about Vicky. I could feel her in the mist, glowing like a peg in a light bright. She was to the left of us. I buzzed above Nick's. Go left, I said. He kept walking. I flipped upside down in front of him. Left, I said again. But he just walked through me, which is literally never a pleasant sensation. You lose your breath, which, who thought that was possible when you don't strictly need air? But he perked up, and his head turned in the right direction, which is to say left. He turned left, and as we moved, I called ahead to Vicky. The gay kid is coming! Vicky's head popped out from the trunk of a nearby tree. No freaking way, she squealed. This was like the closest we get to watching TV here. I grinned at her and followed the boy as he found Walden, sitting on the ground on the other side of Vicky's tree. Walden wiped his eyes and looked up. Nix, he said. Such a beautiful name, Vicky sighed. And have I mentioned just how glad I am that we will never, ever have kids? Nix held out the paper plate he was still holding. It was a little worse for wear. Half the frosting had slipped off the cake. The ice cream pulled over Spider-Man's mask. I thought maybe you'd want some food, Nick said. Your mom was going to give away all the good pieces before you even got one. Thanks, Walden said. He smiled, his eyes still watery. When Nick's handed him the plate, their fingers skimmed, and Vicky and I cooed audibly. Nick shrugged. It's no big deal. I'm sorry the ice cream melted. Walden shrugged. His head dropped a little towards his lap. Like a kid falling asleep in the car. So tired. Nick sat on the ground next to him and handed him a fork. Walden closed his eyes. Is it okay if we don't talk? He said. Nix nodded, then realized Walden couldn't see him. Yes, he said. They sat in silence together and Vicky looked at me. Her jaw tightened and she kneeled. What are you doing? I asked. She had cupped her hands around the ice cream and was blowing into them like a girl caught in a snowstorm. She looked back at me, trying to freeze it. And of course, I kneeled then too, blowing air alongside her. Walden's nose curled. What's that smell, he said. But Nix just tapped Walden's arm and pointed wordlessly to the plate, his mouth in a perfect O. The ice cream was frozen again. Maybe a little more ice than cream, but still. Whoa, Walden said. Vicky and I grinned. And then, from behind us, Walden's dumb dad came trampling through the stupid woods. Walden, he called. Vicky rolled her eyes. We were walking back to the party with them when something stopped us. It was the mom of the Pioneer Kid. So close to Transparent, I almost walked through her. She was watching her children play from behind a tree, And as pathetic as that was, it wasn't even close to the only thing wrong with her. Her nose twitched, going from button to Pinocchio in a second flat. Her torso disappeared completely, then faded back into view like an amber reddening. Oh my god, Vicky said. I've been waiting for this for like a hundred years. What? I said behind me the pioneer kids were pretending to jump rope they were terrible and the rope kept slicing through their ankles as the living kids swung it Vicky looked at me I looked at the pioneer woman her name lost even to herself she was crying and her tears were the only thing solid about her they were colored like pearls the hues shifting as you looked at them Vicky nudged me, she's gonna die. And I was like, uh, what? Because pretty sure we'd all already died, but then it started to happen. The mother, her face rose, like not in a literal way, in a, the video I'm watching stopped the buffering way. She was trapped in her expression, her figure already almost invisible triggered like a light and went out I stumbled back there was a blank spot in the mist where she had been a vacuum absence of her almost life I realized somehow instinctively what had happened her afterlife was over or else maybe it had just begun fuck if I knew And somehow, after everything, that was terrifying. At least with regular death, there's a body that stays, that lingers, some proof that there had previously been a self there, a person who ate and drank and talked and shat. This pioneer, or colonizer, or imprint of a colonizer. Whatever she was. She was dead for real now. The mist oozed forward to fill the gap she'd left behind. And then, there was no proof that she'd been there at all. Behind us, her children laughed and floated below rusted monkey bars, reaching uselessly for the metal. Vicky sighed. For someone so miserable, she said, she sure hung on a while, and I just stared. Overkill is written and directed by Leah Hagen. The voice of Aya is...